Good morning, it's the 8th of April, it's Masters Weekend, and you're listening to The Big Kickoff. <laughs> As you said, it's Masters Weekend, and we're all very excited about it. Uh, David, have you been watching? Oh, of course. Uh, yesterday was great fun because um, they were a little bit uh, kinder with the flags, and of course, with the rain, it softened up, and they just attacked everything, and it was a birdie fest. Now, there were still people struggling and stuff like that, but it was great to watch. Some of the golf was outstanding last night. Yeah, well, outstanding because it's probably made easy, right? Well, it made easier, but it, it doesn't matter. You still have to play good golf, and some of the chip-ins off the greens and stuff, and some of the approach play, it's still a bloody hard course, so... Yeah. It's just they were a bit more confident that they could attack certain. They could play the they normally play, yeah. And it shows, and uh, it was great last night. Birdies dropping left, right, and center uh, for about two hours. It was great to watch. Gav Nolan, he's joining us today. Gav, morning. How was, <laughs> you watched the full golf last night? I seen most of it last night. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Excellent, as Bugo says. Um, Rory to win. That's my prediction. <gasps> yeah, yeah. I think uh, Reed. I think the nerves will get the better of him tonight. Yeah. Could be interesting today. Yeah. The thing, thing is with Rory, if he gets, it's either starts well or starts terrible. And he started well in this tournament, as in he wasn't 4-5 over. He hasn't had a bad round yet. No. So, and he doesn't tend to do it on the last day, to be honest. Mm. He's very much a good first day, disappears in the second day, and then is the best Saturday and Sunday. It's usually the second day he wobbles for something. I think it, I think it suits him chasing it. Yeah. If he had been leading, I'd be like, hmm, but... The fact that he's going to chase it, yeah, it's not. It's not nice being in the lead on the last day of the Masters, believe it or not. No, and <laughs> all the pressure is on the Masters. It's, it's the back, and it does have an extra edge than the other majors. It does it, that prestige. It's more pressure, of being isn't there? As well, the Masters winner. Um, what have we got on the show? What have we got on the show? We have is it Confessions of a. What's Golf addict, I was yeah. going to say teenage drama queen. No. <laughs> yeah, he's coming on later on to uh, obviously talk about the Masters and any uh, other little bits and pieces we want to talk about in relation to golf. Yeah. And uh, then the other usual nonsense. Loads of nonsense. What have we got for starting, Bugger? Uh, good old fashioned Ash. Sorry, Jackie, but this is a life less ordinary. Welcome back to Big Kickoff on Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. No, phone number is 0870627138 if you want to text us. Liffy, the Big Kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com and we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and all those other things. David. Straight out of Crumlin, huh? <laughs> the Liverpool fans Big were in... life of Neil Collum, Crumlin's own, yeah. Conor McGregor. <laughs> the Liverpool fans are in Brooklyn. 
<laughs> Wrecking Bolt. No, he was the one who wrecked the City Bus all on his own. Uh, yeah, um, I suppose the big debate about it is whatever, who cares whether, well, not who cares whether we like, condone or anything like that, but was it staged or was it not? I think that's the big thing because one or two people are asking about it to be honest yeah. um, the, camera, the camera work as you say on the yeah, event the, their own good. little behind the scenes thing where it's about a five or six minute video kind of every day going up to the final day of the fight yeah. it's great warts and all kind of behind the scenes thing but their cameras were literally in the perfect position for everything including the as they call it a, tr- a dolly we call it a hand truck yes so, because they were calling about dollies, he threw a dolly, and I was like, "What? The hell is a dolly? <laughs> so so boring." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Some blow-up doll or something. What is it? But it's the big feck off hand truck, and it, literally the camera was dead in his face and caught it perfect. Like, but you know? did you not think the timing was perfect? I, I know I keep saying, but like, it was like the WWF back in the day, yeah, yeah, Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin, but. It was waiting. The, the bus was just pulling off. They yeah. just yeah. entered the parking lot. Could they not have Everything got in an hour earlier? Exactly. When it was on the stage or whatever. Yeah, the it, timing was impeccable. It was convenient that they were peacocking, as I like to say, or getting their chest out, knowing full well he was in the in, bus yeah, and he yeah. wasn't exactly going to come out of the bus. Yeah. Hold me back, hold yeah, me back. It, a bit, it's a bit like that. But even the way he kind of was whooping and hollering and a few of his mates obviously in tow afterwards and they were running off you're kind of going who was in who was in the crew with him that, that attack I'm not 100% certain all I know is his kind of website type social media type uh, thing called the Mac Life do you know the way they sometimes put up videos yeah. coming mm. up to his fights they had accreditation for it and they were the ones who let them in kind of the back door or a side door they were in at the press conference and they let him in yeah. and then that's when it all kicked off um, obviously Artem Lobov was in it now whatever about jail time and whatever it's, I think it's going to cost him in the pocket he was in America he's going to get sued they time. reckon that it could cost him about 40 million yeah because what you have is probably the transport company will probably want to sell for damage yeah the guy two guys who missed the card are going to probably sue him for loss of air do you think that'll happen because they work for UFC do you, if it was staged do you think uh, maybe Dana White would say look but that means he'd have away. to pay that's the only thing about it that might, mightn't be staged because that means the UFC will probably have to pay them lads a few quid to keep them quiet but they're under contract for the UFC so. yeah but they could still probably sue him for loss of earnings because like who knows whatever they would have got for that fight but say if they had won their fight they'd be going on to bigger and better things and now they have to kind of stay at that level like they could they could mm. look for a nice sum of money mm. uh, he's going to have to pay off his own pal Artem Lobov he's obviously off the card as well yeah so you know it's it, it could hit him in the pocket now and uh, you know half of the crowd half of the people are like oh it's great he's gone over to defend his mate but then again what happened really the first time was it really that bad did they beat him up well, did I you think see one the of them video? gave a slap this first video the of video of uh, the kebab kebab Norman Gimedov yeah and him in the hotel no, right. they, they have a fighters hotel yes so they, they met in sort of a, a lobby kind of right. area there really wasn't too much to it because all he kept saying was where's Connor or something That's yeah, all yeah, but did he, he give him a slap or they said he gave him, I didn't see the slap right. in the video but they said he gave him a little slap across the face now yeah, it could have yeah. been little or nothing but I think it was just the intimidation of it all. Yeah. and it's, it's like and was it's, there loads of people behind him was it a big there group? was yeah behind your man yeah kebab be. <laughs> uh, but the other fella uh, was on his own it's probably two of them yeah you know? so it was more intimidation than that but I don't know. Again, do you, do you think it maybe people are starting to forget about McGregor, and that's why he says, "Look, maybe I got to do something relevant." Yeah, everyone's going to forget about him if he doesn't fight. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's not fighting, so he needs to he needs to get himself out. Like, there is this the problem fight. now where he wants to fight again, but it's not paying enough. 
the UFC will will not give him them 13, 14, 15 million they will now. dollars well potentially but you know I think he made I think the highest he's ever made is 10 million mm. I think is it t- do you think it's too little for him now after getting the big well, money after 100 million dollars yeah but to be honest all he has to do is look at Mayweather Mayweather needed that money to pay the tax man yeah. so he's living the high life he needs to get out there and start making up some super fights to keep it up because obviously he's still living the high life so he needs to get his finger out and start t- coming up with something whether it be his, the rumours of WWE or UFC he needs to hurry up and get on with it yeah, start right. making some money because he's, he's going to cut this could cost if, him. If anything, this is going to make this uh, fight. No one, I'd never heard of Khabib. Uh, yeah, before. No, so, I've heard of him in the sense that he wears the big old school traditional Russian yeah, uh, but, headgear and all that. And but he, it, it was, it, that fight was never ever going to really excite mm. you. But he looks like now a big guy. He looks like a, a guy who could really put McGregor in trouble. A bit like almost even more so than uh, Nate Diaz. Yeah, right. that's the that's the only thing I noticed. I took notice of him about a year, year and a half ago when there was rumours that they were going to get it on. Um, Dana White came out in the last day or two saying they are going to Russia. Right. So you never know. This could be a super fight where let's go back to his homeland. McGregor will go there. Give it's it the, like Rocky Four. Yeah, give it the big bad guy and go over there. And Everyone's shouting on. for the Russian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's exactly what happened. Because as much, like even Dana White answered it perfectly. Is, is he kind of done with the UFC? Well, no one's going to want to talk to him right now. It's all right now. Yeah, we're pissed off at him right now, but they can't get rid of him. They can't. Yeah. But the, getting back to the video um, that was released by the UFC, like <laughs> one of the Dana White, Connor's going to jail. It's real. Oh, yeah. um, it's he's, real going to jail. he's going yeah. to jail. He's going, and it's real, like promotional stuff. Yeah, You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. What's, what's going on here? Yeah, it, 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 it didn't know? sit right with me now nah. yeah. at all. Yeah. I would say it was set up and then maybe went, went, went a bit overboard. Went too far. Went yeah. a bit too far, and now. But I'd say they're absolutely loving it. Absolutely. Oh, everyone's talking much, about it. Yeah, everybody. As he's condoning it and he's not too happy Dana White, deep down they'd be like, this is awesome. Because apparently, was it the Thursday it happened? I think it was the Thursday it happened. Yeah. Basically, uh, UFC 223, Khabib and something else in relation to UFC that wasn't Conor McGregor, like were the top three searches. Yeah, you know, okay. everyone's starting to look into this. Like even people from the outside, what's this all about? Who is this guy and the whole lot? So deep down, they were like, "This is awesome!" And whatever pay per view they were going to miss out on, they got it back in a bit more because yeah. they were probably thinking, "Geez, will he come back again?" Or what will happen on Saturday night? Or so for them, is any publicity is good publicity? Is the UFC a, a struggling sport without Conor McGregor in it? Um, I don't know. See, I'm not watching it as much, and I was always a bit of a exactly. That's what I, I mean. was always a bit of a sideshow. I'd watch the odd one, even before McGregor. I'd watch the odd one. I used to love your man Anderson Silva. The yeah, I can't remember what the, the weight division was. The spider, whatever, some spider he was called. Brazilian. He was unreal. Yeah. And then he stepped on force. He started showboating and started getting knocked out. But uh, I watched the odd fight and the odd start. But that was it. And obviously, when McGregor came in, I watched a bit more. But I still didn't watch none. Yeah, Conor McGregor cards because I never. But is that because there's a lack of characters in it? Like if but you, if not you... only that, though, it's all these bloody fights that are not getting made. Yeah, this this was the fourth time Khabib's and Ferguson's fight was to happen, and it didn't happen again because somebody else got injured or there was rumors of not making weights and God mm-hmm. knows what else. Then Holloway jumped in with a week's notice, and then he was pulled because he had to lose too much weight in the week, and his people said, no, you can't do it. Right. You put yourself in trouble. So could this, and this is obviously the the theory, could it be that the UFC and Conor McGregor talk about, listen, we're going to do this thing, we'll get a bit of publicity. Possibly. A- anything that happens, we'll all sort it out between each other. 
financially. Awesome. I'd say up yeah. until he put the, the dolly through the window. Yeah, the dolly. Uh, but yeah. I'd say maybe if, if it was staged, go in there, ruffle a few feathers. But yeah, I don't think they actually thought he'd go and put something through a window. Yeah. But yeah, you know. again, when I was looking at the video, there wasn't a hell of a lot to it. Like it's the thing is smashed. Your man's has the the little the cut on his head. Cut on his head. Yeah, but the other guy got glass in his eye. He could have blinded him. Yeah, but it was. It could have millimeter like everything else, inches and millimeters. Mm. It could have been a hell of a lot different. Mm. Like it really could have been a hell of a lot did, different. Did it happen though? I didn't see his eye. Oh no, there's two guys out. So one guy got bad cuts, simple right. as that. But the other guy got glass in his eye, and he actually cut one of his eyeballs allegedly. All right. But of course, Dana White was like, both eyeballs are cut, and blah blah blah. He was giving it to me. But yeah, so two of them are out because of physical injuries. Right. Did you see that? Oh yeah. The, the, the two of them are out. Like so, that's just no, the way it is. What, what, what are you getting at? You think to maybe someone would just went. Nick? Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm, yeah, well, I'm suspicious about everything No, but you see the video of him hitting it. Like it that wasn't staged. No, that wasn't staged. You know what I mean? But if he had hit it at a different angle, that could have kept coming through. And actually, the dolly, or the hand track, we're, we're saying dolly now, could have physically hit the guy. And Jesus, yeah. God knows what could have happened. Yeah. Well, I, but I, Rose, that, I used to watch the WWF, and they used to shatter glass over each other's heads. And Yeah, but that could have been know. like the, the actor's glass. You know, like the bottles where you smash them And then they come out with blood all over their head. Yeah. And, but some of that is some of that is what, real. Yeah, but what I'm saying, they're yeah, professionals. I know, but that's what I'm saying. It, they made it sound like there was women in there. You know, well, there, was, God, yeah. there was women in there, as if like these, these were fighters. Yeah, and I think they tried to make it. But a, still, you being channel. Saying saying somebody's attacking a bus, and somebody starts smashing it. You can get scared. A hundred percent. Yeah, but I'm not sure if it's. It's true. Yeah. I don't know if it's been. You're not. You're not the only one who thinks that. I don't know. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not discounting it. Absolutely not. I'm not discounting. I'm just it, saying. I think they, that the whole hand truck through the window and all that. You can't stage that. That was like, let's see what happens. And I was like, oh, that that I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Like people are messing. Let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah. And it went too far. And McGregor could have got overhyped. And instead of the bin, because he was finding stuff, you know, he was knocking stuff over. He was almost trying to find something for effect. Yeah. And he probably picked up the wrong thing, but he was like, "I'm committed. I'm going for it." Yeah. There was there was no trash can there, you know, like well, in the wrestling. Well, he eventually <laughs> went to throw a trash can, and he, he, you could see him looking around. Right, somebody picked up one of their fencing, and then that conveniently dropped because somebody must have went. Oh, you can't throw that. <laughs> okay, so we go through it. Uh, I don't believe a hundred percent in it. Gav, yeah, I'm unsure. Uh, on which on the I. I they didn't mean to get it out of hand, I don't think, to smash the whole window in and people get injured. I think that was a bit over much, a bit okay. too much. Second question, do you think that the people who got injured got as injured as bad as they're making out? Well, the one I did see, it was from the embedded video, mm. and it was just a little nick on his forehead. I don't know if that guy is did fight or didn't fight as in the I know, I don't think he got stitches, but no, he didn't fight, he was taken off the card. Yeah, I don't and know. the other guy Borg was taking these are, these are these are tough guys these guys like a little nick on the guys, forehead but at the same time is the UFC don't out. pay they're not millionaires they, 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 like the, the UFC need to pay out yeah. say your fee is usually 20 grand I'd be like I want 100 I want a fight and you're taking me off the card for an act I think it's a bit I'd say there'd be too much staging for it to be completely fake but I wouldn't be surprised if they knew he was going to get up to something one thing I will say is, right, everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Everybody around the world. You go onto Twitter, it was the number one trend. I suppose the most annoying thing about it is he's still going to make millions out of this one way or another. And so are the UFC. And so are the UFC, because there will be a fight. Like, there's there, there's not, not going to be a fight. Has, in, I'm not a big UFC fan, right, but yeah. has there been any hype since the last time McGregor fought? Like, really, has there been a big card that everyone's been talking about? George St. Pierre came back, but I still didn't go and actively watch it. No. He fought your man Bisping. Did he fight Bisping? I can't remember. 
See, that's the same camera. See, we don't know. That's the thing. And when McGregor is fighting on a big card, everybody knows about well, it. Oh, yeah. So we're not 100% sure yeah. of the whole thing. Last night, it went ahead. Anyhow. Khabib won in the five rounds. Fair play to him. This guy came in literally on the Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah, is his name, and he went the distance. Khabib kept, like, he pretty much done the job, but yeah, couldn't, couldn't close him out. So he won on unanimous over the five rounds. And Rose, not even going to bother. Uh, an Eastern European name remember Joanna Jerdisek she's an absolute animal the animal yeah she, she bettered the, the last time and uh, she done it again last night in points again Brilliant. now there's rumours like your one struggles for the weight so that's it now she's done but I'd say that'll kill her now the fact that she didn't and what was the story with her. Max Holloway was it just because it was such a late so he was call? only given a week's notice yeah, so he, so he probably it. had to cut a stone or more and his crew said no you're going in against the big guy he, he was going up a weight division as it was right. and he's going up against the big guy who's already well prepared yeah, they could have yeah, said listen take this guy on but do a full count it was actually the doctor to stop yeah. yeah so he obviously did it but it was, wasn't healthy you've seen it over the last say six months the only yeah. thing I've noticed with the UFC in the last six months is people who are struggling to make the weight yeah you're one page Van Sant it had to be kind of held up and she was showing pictures of herself where Jesus she looked like so malnourished and then you're one Joanne, she was held up as well and the amount of lads over the last couple that's the only thing I've noticed with the UFC like. and last question before we go to a break again on the UFC struggling maybe to get the attention they need maybe they're bringing back Brock Lesnar who failed yeah. drugs tests is this a sh- does this show that they're actually struggling badly to get those big names everybody knows attention. Brock Lesnar that's the thing yep. they're going to bring yeah. him back everybody so that's why CM Punk and a few, like he came in as well mm-hmm. like, you know, he was terrible I don't think he got off the ground running at all I don't even think he won a fight but yeah they have to they have to bring him in okay Kickoff and Liffy Sound 96.4 FM 0876271138 and Big Kickoff 96.4 gmail.com. I just wanted to bring up something that I seen during the week. It was uh, Brian Kerr. I got in the mush there, Tony. <laughs> uh, he, he was talking, it's about Dundalk. We're playing I've uh, seen Shamrock him at Britney Rovers. Spears concert, would you believe? Did you? What were you doing at Britney Spears concert? Creeping. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Oh, yeah, his girls. You, his girls. you and Anthony Joshua. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Morning, uh, Anthony. Too he was, early. He was talking about uh, Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers, and basically about Oriel Park and the all-weather pitch. He says, "I know I'm repeating myself, but it's not easy to keep the ball down on this surface. There's a lot of rubber sitting on top of it, and you can see the blackness on it." I don't like the trend we're going towards all-weather pitches in Ireland. I saw one up in Derry last week. It was a good pitch, but it's an all-weather pitch. I don't think we should be going down that road. They are banned in some leagues, and if I had my call, I'd ban them all in the league. Thoughts? Thoughts? Um, I kind of understand why they're in, because they can play every week, yeah. and therefore they can keep money coming into the clubs, because as we know, they're not exactly loaded. Yeah, not loaded. So every two weeks, they're money coming in, that's why they're in simple as that yeah. um, it looks a bit better this year I think the one in Aria Park um, it doesn't look as black and as rubby I think they've done a job of it mm. um, Derry's looks good 
Um, was- I watched the game last week. It didn't look like it affected anybody too much. <clears throat> it looked a fairly normal game. I don't think there was any strange goings on. Or the like, yeah, there is a bit of extra bounce and certain things, but I don't think it, it was it, it affected. Any, I didn't watch much of the Dundalk Rowers game now this week, but uh, at the Brandywell now, I didn't know it was out of the ordinary. I wasn't. I didn't think it took away from the game. Yeah, Gav, we played yesterday. Astro, yeah, on Astro. When we're when you're playing an Astro, completely different game. Do you think it's completely different? Yeah, for, certain, for certain players, yeah. Do you? Yeah, big time. I've I've played with guys on Astro Turf, like five or six out, and they're excellent. Yeah, get them on the pitch. Yeah. completely different but when you look at yesterday I'm trying to think when any time a ball bounced or anything like that I didn't was this just the way of getting in your match yesterday I, we won't talk no, about it no we won't talk about it that no. too long no. too long <laughs> <Morning> also <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't think the ball bounced any way ridiculous like they used it in the old Astros no. you know what the new Astros right, are because the new Astro it's come a long way because when we going back years ago Shannon, we used to train King's Hospital but oh, we remember yeah, yeah it was terrible but that, in fairness that, that was a, that a hockey be, pitch that was a hockey pitch but yeah. that was the standard back. that's what you yeah, played you had to keep then. it on the ground exactly. that's the only good thing because if you did go long forget about it if yeah. you didn't take it down if you let it bounce in front of you it was gone for me nothing beats grass nothing no. beats a grass of course pitch. nothing yeah. at all um, I can see totally why um some teams have it like that it's down to weather and yeah, stuff like yeah, that you know? yeah, now yeah. coming in play, playing summer football maybe yeah, yeah. in you the next year it. or two they might kind of go do we really need it maybe not because it's, it's less likely it's more during the months when the, the League of Ireland aren't playing yeah. is when they really need that type of pitch so I wonder, maybe I wonder what maintenance because you know yourself you just have to roll mm-hmm. the, the Astros right? the other you save money on groundskeeping yeah. Yeah. yeah you have to you have to pay you know there's a lot of maintenance going in yeah. there's patches that get yeah. you know, worn down and but so, then so again so you know forth. it'll be interesting to see what happens at Aria Park with the new owners and eventually they might kind of go listen we really want to go back to grass we kind of know you have the money can yeah. we do it uh, Brian Kerr says it doesn't it's not sort of there to play football and you can't really play football I don't I think no I don't get that either I thought you'd play more football if you're playing but that's Astro. the thing like anytime we, I, I ever trained or played on Nashville it's straight away I had no interest in mm. lifting it it was always but he said on the floor. it's not easy to keep the ball down on the surface I, I don't get that I don't get it I think it's, it's helpful. I thought it's easier. Yeah. 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 It makes yeah. you keep it on the ground more. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it also. Uh, Tell Gareth all that. Yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent, it also makes defenders stay up rather than sliding yeah. in as much. You don't get as a nasty burn either. That's, that's exactly what yeah. it is, you know. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad on the Astros. I do, I, and, the, and there is a bit more give on them than, do, than there was. I mean, when the first sort of, I don't know, was it 1G? I don't know what the fuck. That <laughs> <laughs> just slipped out. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I apologise no. for anyone offended by yeah. yeah, but They're a lot softer now. There's give in them. There you can, well, you can wear studs in them. Like, that's, yeah, yeah. And they don't yeah, you know, slice your legs up quite so much if you end up diving by instinct. Yeah, but this is it. So. You know, just, just going back to that, um, there was a thing on a while ago. Uh, it was on Football Weekly, and they were talking about the Astros and stuff like that. And one country I think it was maybe the Dutch or something like that you know the little black balls yes I know I know the story do you know what, so what's the story is uh, it there's potentially cancer potentially cancer, yeah. yeah so a lot of the young kids that were playing on the Ashes week in week out mostly though the goalkeepers because they're diving on it That's what they so saying. it's the little black you, you know so is it like they might swallow one or two yeah, is, is it more because, yeah. because it's ingesting the, them they were car tyres they're, they're basically just car yeah. tyres just go and the rest of that they're, yeah they're ingesting them and then there's yeah. a development of cancer Jeez. or whatever so there was stay so safe they, kids I think they did start banning them yeah. over there ah. um, and well we're introducing them so that mean we're a bit behind <laughs> but then you look at the Dutch league yeah, anyway. mm. but yeah no I did hear that story too and I read about that and make you wonder wouldn't it it does it makes you wonder but listen I mean 
everyone gives you cancer these days, so yeah. Red Skittles. It's, just, it's the way it is. Remember Red um, Skittles? Remember back in the day, that was the rumor. The what was? Red Skittles. Red? Yeah. No, it was Where's the uh, it was the frosty sound. <laughs> Because he had so many E's in them. <laughs> well, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> I love them. I thought it was Red Skittles as well. It was everything, though, wasn't mm. it? They bugged Dennis Hogan. Do you know who Dennis Hogan is? I no, but yeah, yeah, but no. Yeah, but no. One, tell me the yeah, but no. No, I kind. Of, it's one of them names. I think the further you go on, I'll go yeah, but I'm not committing. <laughs> Go on, get there. Have <laughs> ten more minutes. Come Kaver on. Native Dennis Hogan has earned a shot at a world title after securing a unanimous decision uh, victory. He's in Australia. trying to get me to not talk about Liverpool. Thirty-three-year-old Hogan defeated England's Jimmy Kelly. Jimmy in Kelly what? Belly in Brisbane, uh, he uh, the world WBO light middleweight title. He had. He's now. He's based in Australia. He's now. Yes, a mandatory challenger. It was one of them articles I read in the last year or two. There's a guy out in Australia kind of coming up with a, a decent record and all that kind of crack. But yeah, no, I know nothing about him, but happy So days. I thought, right, world middle, light middleweight title. And I said, God, I must know who the champion is of the WBO. Saddam Ali or Liam Smith? So I Liam Smith is one of the, Jesus, the 50 Smith brothers of Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? there's, there's, Callum Smith is probably going to hopefully, I'd like to see him win that super middleweight thing against it's just uh, all ta- uh, Tommy Smith Gross. spawn. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's about tr- there's three, maybe four. There's definitely three Smith brothers. Okay. Um, and they're all, they've all had world title shots, our world title holders. Like, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Liam Smith is the youngest. I think he's kind of, he's the youngest, and I think he's the silver haired fox, I think. Right. Right. You want to get Liverpool out of the way? I know, just to bring, well, not even that, just the Champions League, and then obviously, pr- probably won't get time for it yesterday, but. Uh, Ronaldo. It's mad the way all four round ties are as good as all. Well, there's a, the only one that's probably still open is Liverpool City on the off chance, but they're all as good as done. Mm. It's weird. Um, and it's what Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern, and should be Liverpool. It should be Liverpool. As a Liverpool fan, uh, you know this yourself. But if, we're, if, still weary. If, if, if you get the early goal, it's well, going to be a tough. They have the, the title shots, and yeah. like the other three teams that are over are like five hundred to one or whatever. Mm. But City are still twelve to one to win the Champions League. If you know what I mean. So people still think the door is still a little ajar, but which Liverpool, it is. But Liverpool fans still think it too. Oh, of course, so do I. As you said, if, I if, want that if, they, one score, goal. if they score the one goal, then it's... Yeah. The, Hopefully we score a force as well. Settled if we score a force, or if we even score in the first yeah. half, it, it, should be, it should be a done. I'd like to it think we be. won't concede five. Whatever about three, I'd like to think we won't concede five. And again, this conversation we had earlier is, it just seems to be that Liverpool are that bogey team for... for but that's the, kind of one of the things I wanted to bring up a little bit. It's, it's, it's like, you're Dunphy and Brady were just appalling and they're getting stupid money stupid yeah. money to talk nonsense and there's no work done on what a lot of what they do and we're getting no money to talk and we're doing it for nothing but it's, <laughs> it's like I was sick of saying it to people like we are their Bowie team for the last three or four years we're the only ones consistently beating them so do you think it's that, not uh, shocked that we did it do you think the Klopp the Klopp versus uh, Guardiola thing is a, is a bit of a bogey thing as well possibly but even under Rodgers we were doing it yeah. as well yeah. we, our style suits playing City and that's why we've bet them more than we've lost like we've lost one or two but and we've bet them and bet City them quite well City haven't won an Anfield in like 10 years or something exactly and as I said the, 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 the two or three seasons with Rodgers was much of the same and City were at the top of the tree at that time as well so the first game this season was a write off because we went I think it was one all or one nil up we got the man <laughs> sent off but we tried to play the same way with 10 men and yeah. got crucified. So that's a write-off game, if people remember or people bother their arse watching it. So 
it's just all of a sudden City are the worst team ever from the two lads after the game it was terrible to listen to them right no, no, every, no, no credit to Liverpool oh no no that, that doesn't bother me but City aren't that bad of a side it was just that, that game realistically shouldn't be a shock because with five minutes to go in the league game we absolutely mullered them and we were 4-1 up and then we kind of got a bit sloppy so realistically that game could have been 4-1 and we batted them so winning 3-0 shouldn't be a surprise but all of a sudden they were poking holes at everything that's yeah, like, you and they're shocking and it's, it's like lads come on it, relax Damien Duff made a good point he says look you know if City kick on and win the next three or four titles in the yeah. Premier League they could potentially be the greatest Premier League team the lads went to town them for oh, that they're like yeah. oh that's a joke it's, it's not but they do with any of the young players Portel sadly or gets it yeah. Coney, any of the younger they're not allowed to kind of say anything that doesn't agree with it but if what, it's against what, them what they Duff just was saying was he made a very good point because that City team and the players they have are they're, they're top players right? and, it is, really and it's a joy to watch and the first 45 minutes yesterday they were typical City again yeah. mm-hmm. they were slicing through and but they were very impressive it, next season City will be the favourites again to win the league of course they will you know? because they can throw another couple of hundred million and yeah. buy, the, buy a superstar yeah yeah. Do, yeah but what superstars do they need a bar a Messi Not and a Ronaldo like but there's, there's, there's only the striker. Neymar but what they could striker. do but what Aguero. they could do is Aguero, I think is Aguero, yeah I think Aguero, I'm a big fan of Aguero very very underrated in my opinion anyway mm. I, but how long's Aguero left but do you know why he's probably being underrated years. As well? he's two years left in his contract but do you know why he's probably being underrated some people are probably bored like outside of City you're bored we want to see an, another new striker yeah, they're maybe. probably bored of Aguero it's not that they're rating mm. him anymore they kind of go we know he's good but we want to see somebody else like do you know what I mean you that's why they want to see Jesus playing because he's the new up and coming it, oh, that's the reason why I, th- I think everyone rates him though would you think that Madrid are bored of Ronaldo if you've got someone who's no, got all the people you. outside City fans they could oh, be that's why he's underrated mm. because I'm bored of, bored of Salah bored of Aguero it's, no but you know what I mean that, exactly <laughs> speaking of Ronaldo great overhead kick the other day absolute cracker of a goal without yeah. a shadow of a doubt but calm down it's been done before many a time well, Trevor Sinclair because no I, I let them punch themselves out on Wednesday the United fans are going bananas in the WhatsApp group and I said go on keep going keep going still photos of them up in the air and I said yeah brilliant yeah brilliant then I went 2006 Crouch Galatash right it's been done in Champions League before relax lads <laughs> and a, Peter Crouch is like listen it can be done super goal but it's been done before relax what's the best overhead and it was, I tell you got Sanchez 86 World Cup the only yeah. reason why is because I remember it and I, I was I a kid it. it blew my mind I remember it yeah, yeah. it's good my favourite is oh, Trevor Sinclair's Rivaldo for Barcelona when he Champions flicked it up League, with his chest popped it up with his chest on the edge of the box that was, it was the last the minute League. to get into the Champions yeah. League they were struggling that yeah. year and he yeah. flicked it up and he meant it he knew, listen we're not taking it away from Ronaldo I'm not it's a cracker of a goal but it it's not the first the ever re- over. The reason kick. why it was so good it was because it, it came as a surprise. That's what it oh, was. Yeah. It was just it was out of nowhere. Like, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Now, athletic, athleticism or athletically, it was phenomenal. Yeah, like yeah. Two point three meters or something they said. Talking about goals like that, do you remember the goal you scored in Liverpool all oh, them years ago? Goal ever. <laughs> Speaking of Borky, he's the one. He slipped it out to you and you told me it's the greatest oh, goal I've stop. ever seen. But don't tell Bugo. Where is he never, today? Never Where is he Bugo. today? Good he's, he's doing the Paris Marathon at the moment and he's on for a finish time of. Three hours, eleven minutes. Oh, not bad. His, has he broke the tree yet? His no, no, not yet. But his the his goal grill. yesterday was three fifteen. So he's he's on course. Yeah, good old Porky. That yeah. was a great goal, Shano. In Stanley Park as well. Stanley Park. Stanley Park. Yeah. Park. We sat there waiting. For can, we, can we not move on, Shano? Yeah, yeah, move on. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a great like, goal. Yeah. And then the two derbies yesterday kind of as expected the, the Merseyside one Liverpool did a little bit it was dull affair wasn't it yeah they did a little bit in the first half where they were a little bit stronger because Everton were feeling them out and then Everton came strong in the second half here we go with pundits right a half time no it was a half time 
or full time they were talking about Everton's backline saying that this backline is finished that <laughs> you need to get rid of Jagielka who's the left foot Le- Baines and Seamus Coleman and Seamus Coleman and Seamus who, who, who was saying this oh, I never yeah, rated I Baines I think who was who was, on the, who was on the panel for Sky Sports could have been Redknapp no, it was someone else. As soon as was there, was he there for the two games? I know he was there for the United, for the United game. How can you write off Coleman? Yeah, Seriously. Coleman actually was probably the man of the match, in my opinion, because the amount of work, he was covering right full, left full everywhere. He was all over the place and, and attacking as again. Danny Ainge got him royal, didn't he? Yeah. Do you know, I, I want to know what he said. I'd love to know what he said. I, I can't say. Why? Are you not a good lip reader? No, I didn't... He's a diving basket. He kept saying, he was talking to the ref and he oh. said it about three or four times. And then, of course, Coleman heard and went for him. And I was like, all right, Seamus, you're, you're going to take yourself out of the game here. Relax. Go back to your position and do him. I think he's right, though. Huh? Have a go at him when you can have a go. Because might, he might not have got the chance to have a go at him. Game. And Inks just laughed and went, gotcha. Yeah. Because, in fairness, it, it was an irrelevant. It was that typical derby thing where you just breathe the wrong way and yeah. everyone's jumping on you. And uh, he knew what he was doing, Inks. It was very clever. Like he, he knew he was right beside him, but he wasn't saying it to his face. And it could have gotten booked or sent off, yeah. if you know what I mean. So he was, he was being clever. I'd, but, take, uh, I'd take Coleman any day. A Liverpool. Any yeah. day. A Liverpool, yeah, but yeah. we're not going to. But, in fairness, it was good to see Klein back yesterday because... Uh, Arnold, they're all out to get him at the moment. Yeah. Every game that's on, and they really, really, really tried to deal him on Tuesday night or Wednesday night with mm-hmm. Sandy. Everything went to Sandy, and it's like, get him. Yeah. That's because of the previous game against that. Previous yeah, well, previous United two games. And Palace. Two games. So yeah. they yeah. literally went, but now he had a decent Isn't game. It just shows you how fickle uh, fans or pundits and all that can yeah. be. He was an absolute nightmare, not, oh, not good enough, and then. One game. He said he was man of the match. Play for, should be playing for England now in the World Cup. Yeah. So anyway, listen, we have to take a break. We'll be back after this. Joining us on the show this morning is Gary O'Neill from the Facebook page Confessions of a Golf Addict to talk about an already eventful US Masters. Gary, welcome back to the big kickoff. Good morning, how are you, Roy? Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Listen, Gary, from the Par 3 competition through to Sunday, the Masters doesn't fail to deliver, and, and, and that's the case again this year. Absolutely, and it's been magnificent so far. Um, the golf has been, a, <laughs> it's been exceptionally good. And as you say, from the par three, like Tom Watson, 68-year-old Tom Watson goes out and wins the old par three, um, shooting lights out, which was brilliant. Him, Jack, and uh, Gary Player were playing together. That's right. Really fun. And ah. then um, the big thing, the big day happened Thursday morning, and the golf has just gotten better and better until yesterday. And last night, the golf was phenomenal, to be honest. With you. Unbelievable. Uh, we just go back just slightly to the par three. Tony Finau or Finau or Tony Finau. Finau, yeah. God, that was oh god, he must have done that before, has he? It was it went back in too too easy. Uh, there's talk that, that he has like uh, I, I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not too sure, but there's talk that he has um, uh, has done it before. So um, because like he knew like there was no panic, it was just what straight back in, off you go. But um, he's a lucky, lucky man. Like the fact that uh, there was no major tissue damage or yeah. any any ligament damage that he was able to play and like he's doing alright like he's level part through three days so yeah, uh, masters, it must you know, be aching it must be aching though uh, 
Sergio, <laughs> well, this is the Tink Cup moment he had. Yeah, you got to feel for Sergio. The, wor- the, the worst thing about it is, like, he never once gave up on the shot. It's not like he said, you know what, I don't care. He was trying to get it close. Now, there was talk that that pin position was a little bit, um, you know, it wasn't the fairest pin position. Because, like, if you look at his, if you, if you look at it, all the balls that he hit went past the hole. He just had a little bit too much uh, spin on it, and they popped into the water. Um, but, you know, the golfing gods, they give it one year, and they take it the next, and unfortunately for Sergio. Yeah, he had one of those moments that, um, well, I think just say it'll be replayed over and over over the years, anyway. I think one, one hole destroyed him. I think that's, they said it was the worst defence of a title ever. Yeah, it was the joint equal worst score on a hole in Masters history. Oh, jeez. Uh, I think, had it with him. I can't remember what hole it was. And, uh, yeah, he's... Uh, not the first um, Masters um, champion to not make the cup, but definitely wasn't the, the best of defences. But look, they've just had a baby, a baby girl a couple of weeks ago. He is the Masters champion, so like, it's not the end of the world, let's be honest. And the thing is, he wasn't playing bad. It was just that hole, no. wasn't it? Well, if you, if you take that hole, it was what, he was nine over par after day one. Eight shots went on the one hole. Yeah. So, you know, it's a pity. Because, and he comes back with a beautiful birdie on the next. He comes back with a birdie on 16. So, yeah. like, he never lost it. He never once quit and then he parred the last two so it's just one of those things you know he, he was trying his best to get it close to you know limit the damage and well unfortunately the damage just got worse and worse and worse uh, that's it and then the mindset is different than the next day obviously um, yeah did you back anyone before the, the Masters? no I'm not a Canada man to be honest with you um, like I'm a Tiger fan massive Tiger fan you know if he can't win I, I'm, I'm happy with anybody to be honest with you although you know, when you look at the, the leaderboard, obviously I'm going to be rooting for McIlroy more than Reid. But, um, you know, if anybody wins it, they'll they'll be very deserving of it. And that's the way I look at it. You don't win the Masters by flip, you win it by good golf. Yeah. What do you make of uh, Rory so far? I have to say, you know, very, very few mistakes. He got a bit unlucky on the 13th Elm parking down. Club kind of slipped in his hand. I say this back. Yeah, I think if Rory if Rory starts off well he has a chance. It's always his first round can let him down and then he's playing catch up. Uh, who who do you think is in prime position for today? Obviously, we, uh, uh, Reed is what is he fourteen under? Reed's obviously in, in a great position, but it, yeah. as as Gavin Gavin Olin's here with me as well. Gav had said to me, I'd rather be in Rory's position than uh, Reed's position because it's just the nerves and looking behind you all the time, maybe. Well, absolutely. Like they were saying that. Well, not they were saying. Sorry, I was reading on like I read everything about the golf. I was reading about like how important sleep is to Masters, and they were talking about past champions and how most of them slept well. Reed is going, and I'd say Reed isn't having a good sleep tonight because it'll be their night tonight now because he's never won a major. Yeah, he's um, hasn't won since 2016. He blew up a false fire a couple of weeks ago when he, you know, he just made a mess of the last hole. So, like I know he has a three shot lead, but in Augusta, three shot lead, boom, done. Yeah. One hole, game over. So, yeah, you're better off like being Rory simply because he has to press. He has to go out and attack the course. Whereas Reed doesn't have to do that. And you can get caught between a rock and a hard place uh, when, you, when you don't know whether to attack or whether to just keep an eye on what everybody else is doing. Um, 
But as I say, I, I wouldn't mind being in that position myself, to be honest with you. You wouldn't no. mind being three shots clear. No. But it is, it is a bit of a precarious position because, you know, it's, what do you do? Stick or twist, you know? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, they're not going to. With the cars yesterday, I think it was because they were expecting the thunderstorms in, stronger winds, etc., etc., and, and the course was made easier. So it gave us, gave us a, a bit of a birdie fest yesterday. I don't think it's going to be that way today, is it? You'd expect them to dry them greens out. With the sub-air system they have in place, there's no rain really due now. So I'd say they will just, they'll have them on overnight and they'll dry them out because, like, you could see some of the putts were just so slow. Um, putts that you'd seen the previous two days getting to the hole comfortably were dropping short. So, um, and Augusta won't like 14 under lead, kind of switch it. They like to keep it tight enough. So um, how many players have we got on the par? You've got like something like 20 players on the par. Yeah. So um, I'd say Augusta National will like that to disappear. But again, back nine in Augusta, you can go on a birdie fest. You know, there's like you've got the two par fives that are reachable. The 16th, that's a birdie position as well, where they put the pin. So um, it, it's hard to know. Like, it just depends, you know, how, how they're playing. Like, because pressure will make, you know, lead to mistakes, really. Gary, just, just a quick one here. Um, do you think that he's going to change his game today? Patrick Reed, he, he's, he's been flawless since the start. Uh, it's, it's, it could be, you know, the whole sleepless nights, last night, stuff like that. Rory has done it before. He's been there, done that. Do you think that Reed is going to change his game today? I don't think so. Um, he doesn't, he's normally an aggressive golfer anyway. He is an aggressive golfer. The only slight thing he will have is if he gets a little bit quick, he tends to pull hook his drive. You don't want to do that in Augusta. He hasn't really made any mistakes yet, sure he hasn't? No. No, like, he's, he's had a couple of bogeys each day. Yeah. So, you know, but he's just been, like, yesterday, the two Eagles, like, 13 and 15, they were just sensational Eagles, like, you know. But, yeah. um, look, it's, pressure is a strange thing. Stress is a strange thing to a golfer. I know myself, and I played a very low level. I'm a single-digit golfer, like, and it's pressure gets you. It can do a lot of things to your swing. But I think he'll go out and attack. Like, if he can keep it to, you know, level par one under through the first six or seven holes, he has. He'll be in a good position. It just depends what's Rory going to do up till the eighth hole. Because that's once you can get through eight, you got chances. Um, it's hard to know. It's, 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 they're saying it's not going to be a match play, but I think it's going to be close enough to be a match play. It just depends on what Ricky and um, John Ramsey. I was, I was just going to say that to you. So everybody's talking about McIlroy versus uh, Patrick Reed. Are we overlooking the other lads? Do you think? Well, I think anybody from like six, the six under, like the six unders are probably barely in it. That's eight behind. People have one for eight behind. As I said, it depends on what Reed does in the first six holes. If he goes out and throws in a couple of bogeys or even a double in a couple yeah, of bogeys, yeah. that's everybody else from six up. But you'd expect the top five. So Stenson at seven, Ram Fowler, McIlroy, and Reed. I, looking at it, it's going to come from there. Um, whoever plays the best golf um, can keep it flawless and. Just be sensible in their approach shots. It's going to win it. I suppose it's as easy as that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I just don't say it sounds so easy. And yeah. I just seen, I seen a stat there yesterday that a player has never. There's no player has had a sub four sub seventy rounds. Is that something like you kind of indicated there that you know the Augusta team are going to be looking at? Don't don't want to see those records. They want to make it as hard as possible. They'll make it fair. Because, um, like, at the end of the day, like, they do like to cheer. Like, I was there last year. I was, at my, I was there for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday last year. Yeah. And they do like they like the, the cheers. They do like that ringing out. Like, they, they want to make it that there's birdie opportunities. Yeah. But you've got to play well to get them. You know, so they won't want, like, 
how many 65s? You had what, three or four 65s there yesterday. Yeah. Um, that's a, you know, and some of them could have been 64s. So they're not going to really want that again, but in saying that, as you say, four, six, four, sixties, uh, four rounds in the 60s haven't been done. That's why I'm thinking, is Reed going to throw in another, you know, 69, 70? It's going to be hard, like, it really is, like, so... Yeah. May the best man win. That's what yeah. I say. What about Woods? You're you're the idol. Tiger, Tiger. Yeah, look, he's he's hasn't. They're all worried about his driving. His driving's actually been pretty good. It's actually been very good. Yeah. His problem is his arm play hasn't been good to scratch. Even the last two days he's said it. Um, like day one, he didn't play great, but managed to fight his way through one over. Day two, played better, just didn't score, and ended up with three over. And then yesterday again, his arm play hasn't been up to par. Like, and he has. He's missed a lot of putts, like not badly. They just haven't gone in, so it's a major. It's just a bit too soon, like you know, in his comeback. But like the signs are there. The guy is like he has all the tools now. Like there's no fear of him. He's hitting the ball a country mile. Um, he just needs to just I suppose keep the head down, keep practicing. Look, he's going to win soon. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, I think so. I think looking at his now the major situation. It, it all depends on, on on getting that together, uh, but yeah. and not putting himself under too much pressure. And I, sometimes I I think that. This came around, the Masters comes around, he's after playing a couple of good t- tournaments and maybe he's putting pressure on himself to have to be up there. So uh, so internal pressure might might do him. But uh, he's definitely got his game back together and you, and you can definitely see the little twinkle in his eye that he's he's actually enjoying it again. And I, I just hope he doesn't sort of put too much pressure on himself to have to win a major again just get out and do it you've all them majors behind you just get out and, and enjoy yourself and if you enjoy yourself you just don't know what's going to happen listen uh, you were over there as you said last year yeah the patrons as they like to call it they're very it's, this is very old school sort of stuff isn't it like the green jacket any non-golfer would turn around and say this is all weird stuff going into a little room with a couple of old men and throwing a, a green jacket yeah. on and you know and uh, they don't call them fans they call them patrons and we were talking about uh, you know what was it the show oh, mashed got, potato, mashed and potato and all. they don't do that at the masters because well, it's actually, all actually would you believe they do do they to the extent and you can't hear it yet look I, I, there was a couple of things that opened my eyes out last year to, to the patrons. Number one, there's a lot of corporate people there, a lot yeah. of corporate, and a lot of people who have no interest in golf. Like they're just there. Like they start, they people would be shocked when they hear this, but you're, you can start drinking from pretty much opening time. And there's people well inebriated by like you know midday, two o'clock, that have no interest in the golf. So that was a bit of an eye opener. Right. Um, and they do shout like you do hear a few little shouts. Now they're not as loud. There's nowhere near to the level. But you do hear the sneaky little uh, mashed potato and clean the hole, and you're like, eh, lad, you're in the wrong place for that. Yeah. But, um, so it's frowned upon. Oh, big time! Oh, absolutely, like yeah. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely like. They should be frowned upon everywhere, shouldn't they? <laughs> Listen, the the PGA Tour for their for the want of being accepted amongst the, the majority of fans or sports people or just people in America, they're letting their standards slip a little bit in terms of, you know, what fans should and shouldn't be doing on the course. Yeah. And let's, look, you don't see it in the, you, you get the odd person to shout it in your probably American book, let's be honest. Um, but it shouldn't happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the golfers don't like it, the other fans don't like it. Just don't do it. No. You know, just start throwing people out and you throw them out then they stop it was funny at the start it's not anymore it's not, that's kind of the way it is ok stick your neck out tell us who you yeah. think is going to win tonight Rory Rory simple as that yeah. uh, I, I tell you he's been there he's done it he's gone through 2011 when he, he fell apart in the back nine 10th hole hooked it in out of bounds 
speed or sorry, um, Reed has not been there. He's never been there. It will, squeaky bum time is going to occur, especially coming in the back nine. I don't think he's ready yet. He is a very, very, very accomplished and great golfer, but the Masters is a whole different ball game. And listening to Rory's interview last night, the guy is so laser focused. He knows what he wants. There's my money. There you I'm go. Not a gambling man, but. That's who I'd say. Gavin, who did you... Who, I backed Rory. You're backing well. Rory. Yeah. I have a sneaky... I, I've backed John Ram at 25 to 1. And of course, I want them to win. But I just have a feeling that Ricky Fowler's going to do it. It's just something in me that says Fowler has... He has to focus the last while. And sometimes things haven't gone for him. But he has, he's in a great position, I think. You know, this all, like, all depends on whether Reed falls apart or not, obviously. It all depends. Like, he's only four, what, five behind. So yeah. it all depends what Reed does. Reed goes out and throws in a couple of bogeys. Know, starts getting nervous. Everybody's in play. I'd like. I'd actually like to see Ricky play because it just you know all the people who have just been you know saying X Y Z about him and you know he was once voted supposedly the most overrated golfer in, a, in the American PGA Tour. It was like hello. Uh, <laughs> so I'd like to see him win it, but now I can't see past Rory. I'm with you on that one. If Rory doesn't win it tonight, I'd love to see Fowler win it. Yeah. yeah, it'd be nice to see him win it. Yeah. Just to get that monkey off the back and get it done at a younger age, and that will stop people talking. Gary, give us a shout out about your Facebook page and what people can get off it. Yeah, Confessions of a Golf Addict, um, it's all about having fun, it's just me, a golf addict who plays a lot of golf, talks a lot of golf, loves everything about golf, who just, you know, has the ramblings of everything to golf, so it's just, I share funny stuff, educational stuff, fitness stuff, PGA Tour, LPGA, ladies golf, um, European Tour, just all about golf, and um, yeah, if you're into your golf, it's a place to go. Brilliant. We will more than likely get back onto you when the US Open is on because it, it, although they all don't have the same buzz as the Masters, but still, you know. Uh, we will talk to you soon, Gary. Thanks very much for your time and uh, enjoy your game of golf today. I shall. The sun is out. Have a day. Thank you very much, Jen. <laughs> talk to you. I shall Bye talk now. To you soon. Right. Take Bye care. Bye. All the best. Bye bye. And welcome back to the big kickoff and Lippy Sound 96.4 FM. I nearly forgot there where we were. Gav, um, Formula One. Yes. Now, I lost a lot of interest in Formula One. Oh, God. Uh, probably a long time ago. Just, well, probably purely for the reasons that everyone else did. It wasn't really competitive anymore. It was one or two teams or it, it, it got boring didn't it yeah. but so, the Irish interest went after um, Jordan left Jordan didn't it and Eddie Irvine I loved, I loved watching them but this is what we're going to no. talk about have a listen to this I think it's just a mad situation that a sport can be held hostage by one or two of the teams that compete in that sport I mean when I was growing up watching Formula 1 in the 90s it was Williams against Benetton for the title there was Jordan who were winning races there was Prost, Sauber, all private teams. There was Ferrari. And at this point, McLaren were, were a Formula One racing team. They weren't really a, a road manufacturer either. So Formula One doesn't need them. It would be nice to have them in. But I really think the most important thing is, is two things. It's reducing the cost, making it affordable. And then secondly, having it so we turn up to a Grand Prix and ideally 20 drivers can win the race maybe maybe obviously less in practical terms but it's two having ferrari and mercedes in 
they're calling all the shots on their terms because everyone's afraid to lose them and they end up having this massive advantage. So when we turn up to, to races, we know that probably it's going to be a Ferrari or Mercedes that wins the race we and therefore it is less exciting as a result. We all end up scrabbling around trying to think who we can predict other than Lewis Hamilton because he's obviously going so to win the race. Prisima instead. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? I mean, the, the reason... Now, this is one of the reasons why I have... I wouldn't say fallen out of love with Formula 1. I just don't watch it as much because it, you kind of know that Lewis Hamilton's going to be up there and if it's not him, as he said, his teammate is going to be there. There's, there's no competition there, yeah, That's anymore. what I was going to ask. No, I, I, I don't watch it anymore, so I don't really have too much of an but opinion But is, is, is that... Is that the reason why? Yeah, it's, like, just, it's boring. You like, said you did Back watch in the it. day when you watched it, like the same time I watched it, you didn't know who was going to win the, win the race. It could, it could have been anybody. And as as that chap said in the clip, you know, Jordan could win a race or Benetton win a race or Ferrari or any of them, Mercedes. It was just, it was really, really interesting from start to finish. But even pole position, you didn't know who was going to get pole position. Yeah. Right? Other than maybe Schumacher and stuff like that. But, it's just it's it's lost my interest. Completely. Yeah, and you're always you're it. always gonna have you're always gonna have your uh, elite, I suppose driver like Schumacher, Prost, or yeah, Senna, yeah. or whatever. I'm, always, not, I'm not a fan of Hamilton. I just I don't like. The I don't think I think a lot of people find it very hard to you know like him just because I don't know what way it yeah, is with him. Yeah. But then again, there's not too many likeable. I don't know. The only fella what's the just an Australian fella. What's his name? Oh, I can't think of his name, but. Uh, He's just a real happy, happy-go-lucky fella. Other than that, it's, it's again, all sports come down to characters. Yeah, yeah. And I think they're struggling for characters. And again, if if there's two teams that determine what happens in Formula One, it's them two. Uh, it's it's them two, and it's not exciting anymore. It's a bit like Scottish football. You know, it's Rangers and Celtic, and at the moment, Rangers are, are Celtic are, are dominating everything. Um, Ray Wilkins died during the week. Massive yeah, heart attack yeah. at sixty-one. What do you know of Ray Wilkins? Or- do you know what? I, I didn't it's before my time, but just reading what everybody's posting on Instagram and Twitter, he was like a really, really nice guy. Everybody loved him. Yeah. Not one bad, bad word to say about him. Uh, it's, it's sad. He's very, very young. What's you it, know? 61. When you're, when you're 10, 11, 12, yeah, 16, seems, yeah. you think 61's ancient. Yeah, it's not at all. It's a, when you hit 30, 40, 50, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very it's young, close. isn't it? Yeah. It's close, <laughs> but yeah. The thing is, is that he had so much more to give in yeah. football because. What he, was he doing uh, previous to his ill health? I don't know. I don't know who was he was. Was he a pundit with. or anything? No, no he, was, he was a pundit with Sky. Yeah. Uh, he's a pundit with Talk Sport. And. But I don't know if he was back in football again. I'm not totally sure if he was back in 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 with football. But I mean, he 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 won. Didn't he win the double with Ancelotti? Was it the double with Apparently Ancelotti? Apparently, a very very good player as well. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I I know him from the Manchester United teams, mm. uh, 1983, especially when he scored uh, against Brighton in the FA Cup final, which is an absolute peach. And I was looking for this a, a bit of commentary on it today, and. YouTube is shocking for it. <laughs> People just haven't put it up or they yeah. just can't get the footage. But, uh, but here's, um, here's an ex-soldier who revealed how Ray Wilkins helped turn his life around. Hey, um, Bob, Bob mentioned just then he was a football man. I disagree. He was a real man. Mm. I'm an ex-soldier and I had some time where I was homeless and I was outside of uh, Brompton Station. And um, what had happened was he came over to me and I recognised him straight away, you know, and he just took some time to sit and chat. And we were both sat on my bit of cardboard together. And he took the time to sit and talk and we were chatting about the army and I was a gambler at the time. Oh, I'm still a gambler, but I'm, I'm, I'm recovering. 
but he took he took the time and he even took a phone call during that and said look you know i'll call you back i'm busy at the moment and we were sat chatting and he gave me 20 pounds and told me to get myself a hot meal and then took me across the road to buy me a coffee and as the bill came i asked him i said to him can i please buy this i want to feel like a man and he said that he totally understood all of that that night i took that 20 pounds and i got some shelter and i had a hot meal during that time when i was in the shelter i met a guy who was helping ex-soldiers who put me in touch with with decent people and who would help me i'm now fully recovered not gambling i have my own place a beautiful uh, girlfriend who i'm about to marry and I put it down to the time that that man took to give to a man that was nothing to him, a stranger. And I'm sorry if I'm getting emotional, but he was a real, a real hero to me and to millions of others across the world. Thank you for giving me the time to, to say thank you to a man I never got to say thank you to, not really. Anyone who phones in today with a memory is basically saying to his family, Thank you for giving us Ray Wilkins. Well, you can't get any more of a, 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 I suppose, an appreciation for Ray Wilkins than that. As you said, a lot of people are are saying good about him. And I think Gaza said it as well, that he was a person that he leaned on and Ray Wilkins always made him feel a lot more positive about himself. And uh, sometimes you kind of wish you knew these people don't yeah, you you kind yeah. of wish you, you got involved with people like that you know so it's a shame how it only comes out um, afterwards. After, afterwards isn't it isn't it yeah um, here, this is one now I don't know if you know World Rugby we, talk, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh, myself and Dave World Rugby have confirmed that they'd be looking at the replaying of a World Cup qualifier between Spain and Belgium. Did you hear about this? No, so we said it a couple of weeks ago. It's, it was a qualifier to get into the World Cup next year. Spain missed out on automatic qualification plays for the Rugby World Cup in controversial circumstances after they suffered a shock 18-10 loss to Belgium in the Rugby uh, Europe Championship. The Spanish players were extremely unhappy with the standard of officiating during the game and swarmed the Romanian referee after the final whistle. The result meant, this is the big one, the result meant that Romania would progress oh. with Georgia already qualified. Right, okay, now it makes sense. But the thing is, there was protests before, before. the game by Spain about... The, Surely there's a conflict of interest. That, this is it, and, and the world rugby... Uh, suppose bash that away swat no, it away I'd agree replay the game and get, a, get a referee in there that has uh, you know neutral completely neutral well, that it, wouldn't happen in soccer would it it wouldn't happen anywhere it, at, at amateur level it wouldn't even happen if it was if it was someone from I don't know say Dublin and, yeah. and, and Cork are playing each other and you had a Dublin referee there'd be exactly. war about yeah, it yeah. you know it just doesn't make any sense so it, the thing is I, they haven't confirmed that they're going to do it but uh, there's a, a good possibility. I think, in, in fairness, that's exactly where it's going. No one's going to argue with that, is there? No, I can't see no. anyone arguing with that. Anyhow, listen, we're going to go to an ad break and we'll be back straight after that. Good enough 
and welcome back to the big kickoff and Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. If you want to contact us, we're on Gmail at the big kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can call around to the gaff if you know where we live. Okay, listen, League of Ireland. League of Ireland, I, I enjoy the League of Ireland now, I have to say. The League of Ireland has stepped up. The games are of a better quality. There is more interest. There's a bit more characters about it. And there's Waterford and Cork. Six red cards were shown by the end of the game uh, between Waterford's on Waterford's victory, which was which mm. is another surprise element because uh, no, it's not much of a surprise because Waterford, as we said, and we'll have this little discussion now that there's a bit of money being pumped into Waterford, and they went from first division last year to challengers. It looks like this year. Uh, but they beat champions Cork City on Friday night, but was marred by ugly scenes at the end, with members of both teams becoming embroiled in a melee, I love that word, on the touchline. Uh, Courtney Doofus, what a name, 88-minute goal, gifted the home side three points, which helped them leapfrog the Leesiders into second place. But the main talking point, though, rather regrettably, was the unsavoury scenes during the injury time, which forced referee Robert Rogers to send four players off and both managers. And by the end of the tempestuous episode, Waterford's uh, Heary, Abroa, uh, Cork City's Buckley and Beatty were given their marching orders and both managers, Alan Reynolds and John Caulfield, were sent off too. Now, I watched the video. I didn't get to see the game. I watched the video of a couple of the goals and then the, I suppose, what sparked it all off. And it was a lot of handbags over nothing. Was it time-wasting? <laughs> nah, I can't, I can't, I can't remember. What, what It could have been something along that usually like, kicks it off. Yeah, and then... Caulfield came onto the pitch to try and, and and sort of I think he tripped someone and then someone tripped him and it was ridiculous I, I think ma- managers and, and we've seen it last week when we played ourselves <laughs> coming onto the pitch yeah yeah. the minute they come onto the pitch go and get banned for three four games don't ever enter the pitch there's no need for managers going on the pitch will anything happen to them do you think um, probably slapping the wrist yeah. and maybe a, maybe a game in the stand or something like that but they should never because all you're doing is fueling the, the anger that's probably already there I mean Cork I, I, what I believe Caulfield isn't a very good loser now there's a difference between accepting losing and being a, a, a bad loser yeah. you can you can not like losing and, and you can be just a bad loser uh, but yeah it's, it all sparked off and we were just talking about Waterford there. There seems to be a bit of money. And we talked about this before. Yeah. Why there's a bit of money coming into League of Ireland? Yeah, so the theory behind it is, uh, I'm not sure how true it is, but it seems feasible that for outside investors, like a Premier League team, it's a no-go. It's too much money, right? So what they're doing is they're going to the lower leagues in Europe, like the League of Ireland and stuff like that, and they're pumping money into, say, Waterford. Take them, for instance, right? Waterford were what? Division 1 last year? Mm. So they get promoted... And once you pump money in, you can do a you can do a push for the league. Potentially, if you finish in what is the top two in League of Ireland, or top with the the winner of the League of Ireland, gets entry into the Champions League. Yeah, and that's where the money is. Yeah, and how easy is that? Like, how much do you have to pump in? If you were to buy a Premier, invest into a Premier League team, it would cost you millions and millions to get into a Premier League yeah. team. Now, obviously, you're starting at a lower table. Of course, I you know. know so is, yeah. the, the quality that you have, yeah. so you have to you have to build something. Still but you look sufficient. at um, Dundalk a few years ago. Like they made it into Europe, they got a good run again. They got a good run. Look how much money they made. Yeah, yeah, yeah like no, that's phenomenal money. Like it take you ten years in the league of winning Ireland, winning the league, winning the league to make that money and like one match. Yeah, 
can 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 get you that money yeah, you know? so, so it's there is an investment that's why dundalk have got that investment it's obviously water yeah. waterford have got that investment and there's there's clubs looking or people looking at clubs around uh ireland to try and get that market but then again for ireland only one can get through to the champions exactly, league yeah yeah so now the europa league is still there and there's still money there's to be made in the europa exactly, league because yeah. dundalk made money out of the europa yeah. league too so it's a good invest a good return on your investments yeah yeah uh, just on the end of it, the Cork thing, uh, Caulfield admitted that he had grown frustrated at perceived time wasting by Waterford players. So you're right. He says there was a lot of bodies around. He said it was unfortunate. It was our throw. Shane Griffin went to get the ball. Unfortunately, it went into the Waterford dugout. Obviously, there was some time delaying going on and they were trying to stop him from taking the ball. Uh, here he just knocked the ball away. Then I literally went out a couple of paces on the pitch, tried to get the ball to give it back to Shane and I'm sure, that, I'm sure that's what happened and threw his arm across yeah, yeah. you always give the little the slighter more uh, innocent look on yourself it's game management that's what it is at the end of the game it is game management now Tottenham Hotspur yes uh, talk about uh, because we we're going to talk about the, you know the owners and stuff like that but talk about Tottenham Hotspur as a team I, I struggle sometimes to to understand Tottenham Hotspur because they actually are playing very well and it's they don't they have certain players who are good players and this is probably the the, the element of these are just a good team they work hard together as a team but you just always go God who, who do they need they need someone in there somewhere but who do you take out and what's what's your view on Tottenham Hotspur I think they need to start achieving soon because if you look at the players they have you can go through like uh, Ericsson I think he's a world class player mm. Uh, Delhi Ali, Harry Kane, uh, your man Son is on fire as well for them. Uh, great defence, good goalkeeper. They should be pushing on. They really should be pushing on because he, I'm a fan of Pochettino. I, I am. I think he's a good manager, but he hasn't done anything. Yeah, he needs to win something. Like, he really does. Now, does he need to win something as much as Klopp needs to win something? They both do because. But the, the, this Champions League thing, like. Before the season as a Liverpool fan, you're like, you know, Liverpool, the club needs to kick on. But if we if we finish in the Champions League positions and we get to a semi-final or a final, it's a it's it's progression yeah. on behalf of Klopp. So is Spurs not progression too? Because no, Spurs, not. Spurs never really, they got one year under Harry Redknapp in the Champions League. If they get two years in a row in the Champions League, is that not progression? With the team they have now, they, they should be doing something else. Like, they've got United, is it next week in the yeah. Cup? And not, uh, or the week after? I think it's the week after, isn't it? City next week in the league. Yeah. So, I just think they need to kick on and uh, I'm not sure. They're a really, really good team. I think they're underrated. Like, if you look at the players they have, like, as a United, you, you take mm. half their players. Yeah. They're, they're that good. Well, we did a Premiership you know? 11, mm. North versus South, and I think we had eight sports players yeah. in because you just... They just have the players that are better than the players in the rest. It's of possibly. Is it the best Spurs team um, ever? I wouldn't say ever because they did a double, didn't they, in the seventies? But it's definitely the best Spurs team, technically wise. They've got some last twenty odd years, yeah, anyhow. Yeah. So. so they need to do something with it. Like they, they blew the oh. league a few years ago. Yeah, they were in the hunt for the league, and you think um, they could do this? But but, no. it, but they've always been. This is the, this is why I'm saying maybe he's not getting the credit that he deserves. Uh, obviously, he's getting loads of credit, but maybe he's not getting the credit he deserves because they've always been a hot and cold team. So one year they may put themselves in a Champions League spot. They, as you said, they mm. may challenge for a title. That doesn't happen very often, in fairness. But maybe that's followed by two or three years of seventh and eighth. You yeah. know, so maybe he's just getting installing that platform of. Um, you know being in the top four 
now that'll bring more money and then obviously then you're hoping or as a sports fan you're hoping that that means you can attract better players and not lose the likes of Harry Kane which is you know it's, he was being linked with uh, the job I think it was in Madrid or one of them yeah so you know yeah. like that's so what 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 type of player does he need to bring in you're right though he, he, they're missing something I don't know what it is they are missing something maybe they rely too heavily on Kane do they maybe if Kane's not there who do they have maybe I mean, don't, don't is it Lorente is it Lorente is, is their backup he's not they have uh, like what about I don't see they brought in Lucas Mora and he's not getting a look in for pace yeah and that's what I thought they missed before I said they just don't have someone who, who takes on players beats them but they actually are so intricate in their passing and stuff that they're actually able to get through teams so maybe they just don't need it and again they only brought him in a few months ago so you have to give a player yeah give him the pre-season yeah, exactly, and see yeah, how he so. gets on but is it centre midfield do they not have someone like Dembele I like Dembele yeah, I think Wanyama is was the first sort of piece of the puzzle and then when Dembele came in he's a better Wanyama because he's better technically version, better yeah. and he works hard and all so he nearly knocks Wanyama out there is he still missing two or I mean Eric Dyer decent player but I just don't think he's brilliant I don't mm. think he's I think he's a, an alright player who do, you, who do you bring in well that's it so is it some sort of player like oh I suppose I don't know a, 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 a Matic or maybe a, a, a I can't say Pogba but can't you know I? what I mean well maybe I don't know what way he wants to play mm. but someone who is of a, a level higher than Dyer and Wanyama yeah it's 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 a it's a tough one I, I don't know it's because their back line is solid their keeper is solid yeah. their front, forward, front very forward very good mm, so yeah. I just think it's the, the three in the middle that kind of gets them now this is the question this is where we go from here is money so they, we know that they have a, a financial structure where they don't like to you know break Spend their money. salary cap and <laughs> yeah. what have you and then it came out this week that Daniel Levy looks like he earns more money than any of the players yeah but so, and and he's always been talked about as one of the people who is, I suppose, a, a tight man who makes sure the ship is run well. This happened, remember Arsenal, they had a salary cap and what have you. Actually, I think they were better under that, so maybe you're, that's the you're, system. You're not going to kick on, though. If you, if you have a salary cap, it limits you to what players you can get. So, Kane is hanging around for one more year, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. Apparently so. Apparently he's hanging around for one more year, but like... You know, Kane is one of the best strikers in Europe at the moment, right? So, so yeah. why would he not move on? Well, so to to win loyalty, probably, probably loyalty. Yeah, yeah. So, but so like, does it? Does this mean that next year is an unbelievably it, massive year? It's make or break. Well, apparently, yeah, it's yeah. make or break. But let's see. Let's have a listen to uh, talk about we're talking about Daniel Levy. It's all roses, then suddenly, bang! Daniel on six million yeah. uh, this year, more than Gareth Bale, and it looks like you know Toby could be on his way as well. There's a structure we're not breaking it, and he pulls out six mil. Is he entitled to that? Yesterday we had record revenues, over three hundred million for Spurs. Well, that's what he's saying. He's allowing himself. It's a bonus. So this is what he's saying. It's it's a really good story. You should have a little read of it. It's in the Times. Uh, Matt Hughes and Martin Zeiger, and uh, like you just say, six million he got paid um, last. 
last season, it's the equivalent of £115,000 per week, which is £15,000 more you than, he's a workaholic, than you know. Harry, being Harry Kane. Um, he goes to work, comes home late at night, doesn't go out. Work, absolutely I think work, hope, work, you'd work. hope he was with that much money, wouldn't you? But if you're talking about the profits that they made, I think he's entitled to it. You yeah. know, I mean, All the top executives are entitled to a, a bonus. And mm. how much of that fifteen grand is a bonus? You know, is it a hundred grand bonus and fifteen grand basic? Yeah. We don't know I, until I, it's broken I, I, down. I, I, the football, the finance and football now, nothing startles me anymore. So I say good luck to him. So, as he said, he, he's probably a workaholic. That's that's great. Uh, I feel there's a lot of people who are workaholics don't get that money, but they don't. But grudge anyone the money. It's the fact that, as he said, he's earning more than Gareth Bale. Yeah, so in a, a footballing world. Sometimes you talk about the manager, and if the manager's not earning more than the players, then it kind of breaks that down. I, I'm earning more money than you. Who are you to tell yeah. me about? So I understand that side. I do think managers should be paid more than the players, absolutely, 100%, because especially with the, the shorter life yeah, of expectancy of a, of a managerial uh, role. But CEOs, I mean, six million a year. Is that a lot to be taken out of a club? Again, there's so much money in Premier League football. See, I don't know. You have to go and look at what the rest of the CEOs of them clubs are earning. Like, what's the CEO of United earning? Yeah, it could yeah. be around the same, but just mm. got leaked that it was Daniel Levy's earning this money. Like, it's, it's Is that just because, though, that there's a tightness with, with him and his deals? Yeah, possibly. But, like, you know, I'm no Spurs fan or anything, but, like, he's, he's very highly uh, sought after, this guy. He, yeah. he runs a very, very good business. Yeah, yeah. And he's being rewarded for what he does. Now, it's a lot of money, but as I was saying to you, if he's a CEO of another multinational company, he's earning that money as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's to, to be earning more than someone like Gareth Bale, it's a surprise, but like then again, it's not. I think the, only thing, the only thing that it brings, and it's a bit of trouble for him, is, is for him to say that, let's say Gareth Bale comes back to Spurs, you can't have this amount of money. We're not spending that much money on, yeah. on Gareth Bale. Yet he's getting that much money, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So there's, he, he, it won't do him any favor in the dealings that he's doing now. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Spurs over the next while and uh, how Daniel copes with it all. I tell you what, we'll do. We'll go for a break and we will come back then. <laughs> Okay, we were just talking about uh, CEO salaries just before the break. And so we said we had a little look up to see. And obviously, Daniel Levy's wages are a bonus. Uh, yeah, like every CEO's wages. I yeah, think. because uh, the, the leading CEO in wages is Ed Woodward from Manchester United. It's 2.521 million. Uh, goes down through Man City, Arsenal. They're all in around 2 million. Uh, I suppose it goes down to Sunderland. And Margaret Bourne, who's gone, six hundred sixty-three thousand. So, your CEO, you're making good money. It's not a surprise, it's not a surprise to me. I think it was. A, I think more so, it's the dealings with the players and how tight he is, and on, and how it might make his life a little bit more difficult on how much he's getting, especially with the Gareth Bale thing. Anyhow, so listen, they're all earning around the same money. Uh, I don't know what the bonus structures are like in the other clubs. 
One thing we didn't mention, and I forgot to say this to you, uh, and sure it's been everywhere, uh, about Conor Masterson from Lucan United, former player who made the bench for the Champions League game for Liverpool against Manchester City and then was on the bench again um, for the Merseyside Derby. Great experiences for him. For him. And I suppose it's, it'll, it'll help him in his progression, but maybe, maybe don't get too carried away either. No, but it's like, you know, I've been chatting to lads and work about it and stuff, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, but he only made the bench. But it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely massive. Mm. Like, it's at the moment, young lads coming through, Irish young lads coming through, say, most of it's championship players coming through, you know, Aston Villas, Preston, yeah. Shiny Maguire, people like that, and you're talking about them, oh, this is great. But to make, like, a top four team, it, it it's unbelievable the achievement he's made well, we, since he's left. We know, don't it really is. We don't have any. Kieran O'Hara is at Manchester United yeah. and supposed to be highly rated goalkeeper. Has he made? But I don't squad yet. I don't think he's made the bench. But the thing is, is that and he may have done for um, a, a cup game or, or, or what have you. But it's the fact that we haven't had outfield players for a while. You know, the John O'Shea's and stuff like that were playing. Then um, I do know that there's a fellow called Dan Cleary who was an up-and-coming Liverpool player. And this is this is where you have to watch the other side. He touted centre-half as well, touted for Liverpool to, you know, do big takes. Yeah. I think he went out loan to Birmingham's under-23s and then he's back now, seemingly playing very, very well with Dundalk. Right. So it can go from where you're on the, the tip of uh, stardom and then all of a sudden then you're just, you're back in playing. No, no. No offense or anything like that. It's just great. It's a great level. It's play, playing for Dundalk, and there's no w- and you, reason you, you why you can get to move back across. Course, Absolutely, but it's that I'm saying. We've had plenty of people who could go and play for the big clubs. I just the, 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 think the feeling is is because Connor is so composed and 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 we know his natural talents are that he actually he has everything that could make it. And his interview the other night showed that yeah, he has yeah. the temperament, the confidence as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, just, yeah. It, it's it's great. It's great for him. It's great for Luke and United as well. But it's great for Ireland. That's the thing. But that's you know? everyone's buying Everyone, Everyone's a winner. And what this. I was delighted to see was, is that no matter what fan base you're from, the, the encouragement and the warm warmth of, I suppose, comments that were made. Everybody was everyone rooting. was out. Everybody was rooting for him. Yeah. Really, and I think really everyone was. is. I think, I think mainly because maybe Ireland are in hunger for yeah. big name players. You know, so and they're hoping every player that comes through, you're hoping that he's I think going the last, to be the next the one. last Irish player to play for Liverpool in the Champions League, do you know who it was? Last Irish player, Steve Finnan? No. Robbie Keane, apparently. Oh, Robbie Keane. Yeah, that was the last one. Was he? It, they're very, very few and far between. Yeah, yeah. When was the last Irish player to play in Champions League? That, sorry, that was for Liverpool. But when was the last Irish player to play in Champions League? In Champions League, full stop? Yeah, just pre- previous. I can't even remember. <laughs> one of the United lads, was it? Well, I suppose, could, would we, is there someone Celtic? Oh yeah, um, who's the Celtic third? Oh, D. I can't remember. Yeah, more than that, That's how big a deal it that's is. That's how big a deal it is. It really yeah. is. But yeah. it'd be nice to see him uh, move, progress from the bench, and get a few minutes under his belt. It'd be really nice. Now you, know? you talked about superstitions and in, in, in maybe sport, football. Yeah, uh, give us a couple of examples there, because a lot of people. Do you have any superstitions going out onto a pitch? Um, not really. No. No. Not really. Uh, I don't know if I do. I, I, I do be. 
Routine is pretty much the routine, same. Routine, yeah. Routine is the same. And if you, don't do the, if you don't do the same routine, maybe that's a superstitious sort of thing. Oh, I didn't do that this morning and, and I, I should have done that, you know. I've one here from uh, Johan Cruyff, Holland's greatest ever player, it says here. He had a string of bizarre pre-match rituals that he was strictly adhered to. Um, one of them was he'd slap his uh, Ajax teammate goalkeeper Gert Balls in the stomach before kickoff. <laughs> he would then, when he got onto the pitch, he would then meander towards the opposition half and he spit his chewing gum onto their side of the pitch. On the one occasion where he forgot to do this, he was unable to complete his ritual. They lost 4-1. No way. But, you know, that's it. A lot of, su- a lot of footballers are very that- superstitious. A very, very superstitious. No, that is probably a coincidence. Of course it is, yeah, but like, but it's that's down a super to mental game as well, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What was Ferdinand's one? He do that jump. Oh yeah, yeah, before yeah. every game. Yeah. Paul Ince. Here's one I have from Colo Torre. The Ivorian insists on being the last player to come out on the pitch. It sounds harmless enough superstition, but it landed the player in real trouble during a Champions League game between Roma and Torre's former club Arsenal. When Tor- with Torre's then central defensive partner William Gallas receiving half-time treatment. On an injury, Torre refused to come out before Gallas, <laughs> and the game restarted without both of them. Torre eventually took the field without permission from the referee and received a yellow card. I say the manager was very happy with that. Like, that's, Imagine that's bringing it to extremes, isn't it? Yeah. Like you're not coming out on the pitch, someone's injured. So yeah, so that wouldn't be. There's you, one here um, from John Terry. He says uh, he has around 50 superstitions he has to observe before a match, which seems a lot. Um, one of them is he listens to the same Usher CD in the car park. Bugo's a big Usher fan, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he sits on the same seat on the team bus, which is probably everybody's their own seat. It's like in a dressing room when you walk in. You, you normally sit in the same seat yeah, in the dressing yeah. room and stuff like that, you know. He uses the same pair of lucky shin pads for 10 years and he lost them at an away game in Barcelona. Right. You know, he ties uh, tape around his uh, shin pads three times on each day <laughs> St- stuff like that like but do you have a, do you have any quirky things like that that you do just in ge- general or ordinary life like i have i have a, if i make a cup of tea i only store it five times i can't store a four or i can't store a six i have one when times. i'm doing the volume on the tv yeah it has to be on an even even one. yeah so we all have and if someone if someone things. puts it on another one just sitting there going please yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> get out of the room turn your back <laughs> you know uh listen to have one here from malvin camara the Sierra leone international Played for the likes of MK Dons, Cardiff, Port Vale, Huddersfield and Grimsbury uh, before turning out for a number of other non-league clubs. But whenever he went, uh, he took a strange ritual with him. Before every game, he, he watches the 1971 film Will, Will, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He said and explained, I have to watch it before every game. It gets me into the right mood. It's my favourite film since I was little. It calms the nerves and gives me luck. Whatever works. Whatever works. It is yeah. mad like that, isn't it? I've one more here. This is a bit uh, ridiculous, but however. Um, Romeo Anchatini. He's the president of a football club, okay? And he would throw salt onto the Arena Garibaldi before every game. The bigger the game, the more salt he would throw onto the pitch. So when they faced their fiercest rivals, uh, Cecina, in a very, very important game. He arranged for 26 kilos of the stuff to be thrown onto the turf. <laughs> it must have looked like a joy ski slope. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, that is the extreme, yeah, isn't very, it? Very, very That extreme. is mental. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think I have anything now that I bring it onto the pitch Does anyone we play with have any superstitions? Um, oh, yeah, the Gags uses the, the rope, the oil, before every game. You do that as well. Yeah, but I... 
I do it for him. <laughs> no, you don't. You, I actually did Gaz yesterday. Gaz Lang did, didn't he? Didn't he bring that into he, the he dressing started, room? He started with Wintergreen. And then everyone else started to do yeah. it. I, I don't get it. What is that about? It's for. It's basically, it's a mixture of, you know, Wintergreen or Deep Heat. Right. You're a physio, you should know this. Yeah, but I don't use it. Yeah, but it's it's, the, it's a warming agent. That's right. all it is for cold matches. So right. I don't know why we're using the summer league. So it's instead of wearing tights. <laughs> it's a better, yeah, it's a more manly thing to do. You know? Oh, right. Oh, yeah, more yeah. manly. It does look, there you, there you it go. looks very manly. The pink bottles <laughs> all around the dressing room. All right. Well, listen, that's us for today. We're, 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 we're out of here now. Um, we have Pat on next. Uh, listen to Luke and Live during the week if you want all the local news and national news. Uh, any of the, of course, there's going to be there's always something going on in uh, in this country, and uh, I don't want to go too much. Oh yeah, go on. Sure. One thing you didn't give a prediction for the golf, did you? Oh yeah, uh, no, I, I, that's what I said. I, t- I think that uh, Fowler might do. It. I just have a feeling that Fowler. I just it's just the way he's going about himself, and he's not in front. Yeah, he's he's sitting there. He's nice sitting nicely toward. You know, you ever see the horse racing? Yeah. And your fellas up front, sitting and you're going, oh, I don't like he's up front that long. He's up there too long. And Liverpool City prediction. You didn't give that one either. I am going to go. I think Liverpool sneak in, right. but I I do think it's going to be tight. Yeah, yeah. I think I I I would not be surprised to see City go two 0 up at halftime. Yeah. But uh, I think it'll be an entertaining game. I really do think so for the whole Champions League. I think Real Madrid look very, very what solid. About, uh, Munich? No, I, I, I know what you're saying about Munich. You said this to me the other day yeah. about Munich. I know what you're saying about Munich, but I think there's a little bit of vulnerability there. For, for like they played, who was it? They played Sevilla, and they didn't look brilliant against Sevilla. And I know Sevilla beat Man United, but there's no. I don't think United are great either. I just think that someone who. Madrid have the experience and they have the goals and I just think that they're solid enough to go on and win it again hard yeah. to argue with that it is hard to argue yeah. but then again football that's the way football is the view right what well, we're finishing with uh, sweet dip- disposition from temper trap oh Bugo's gone off to do a, a 5k or something like that so uh, R.I.P. Bugo <laughs> talk to you see you next week